This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Cyclone Alert Cyclone Scoop podcast. Michael Swain here, the Iowa State beat writer for 24-7 Sports. And welcome back. We're in the heart of the off-season right now, but I thought today we'd talk a little bit about just maybe some off-season storylines heading into the month of June. Obviously, recruiting will be back up and running starting in June, but I think there are a few other things that I'll have my eye on as we get through kind of the summer months and into fall camp in, in August. And I think we've got five things, at least for me, that I'll be keeping an eye on over the next few months. And I think the first big picture thing is how are the players going to react to spring practice and how are they going to feel heading into summer workouts? Because obviously Iowa State took on a different approach to spring practice this year than in years past. They put an emphasis on fundamentals, technique. They didn't try and go full blown on scheme, at least according to the defensive coordinator, John Haycock. He said that they tried to lay back on some of the scheme stuff and not trying to put too much on some of the new guys' plates heading into the season. And in general, from a big picture sense, it also sounded like the contact was a lot more limited this year compared to years past. You know, Jeff Myers, I thought, had a really interesting perspective when he talked about it early on in the spring, which was the offensive line, for example, is in a position that's going to have a lot of battle you know, over the next few months. They're guys that are going to be working, and it's just a physical position in general. And so he said their goal for this spring was to try and get young players that didn't get a ton of run last season, get them more reps. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because, you know, last season, for example, you only had one non-conference game, which was against Louisiana. And Iowa State battled its issues preseason. And, you know, I think it was well documented kind of throughout the later part of the season that Iowa State wasn't at full strength to start the season. And so those young players weren't able to get maybe that extra time that you would get during some non-conference games during a normal year. And then you think about throughout the course of the season, there weren't a ton of blowouts until the end of the year when you get kind of the Kansas game, the Kansas State game, and then obviously the West Virginia game to close out the season. So, you know, the younger players got three opportunities really throughout the season. And so this spring, it sounded like the big goal was to get those young guys some more reps, particularly on the offensive line and defensive line. Because, again, those are the positions that are going to be very physical, a lot of combat, a lot of you know hitting throughout fall camp and into the season. So try and keep the starters that are going to be playing a lot this fall, try and keep them on their feet, not having them going full-blown reps you know, for multiple hours you know, each day throughout spring practice. And instead, try and get some of those younger guys more reps. So it will be interesting from my perspective to see maybe how some of those guys feel coming into summer. I'm not sure what opportunities we'll get necessarily to talk to guys through the media, but it'll be interesting, at least when we do get that opportunity, just to see what the reaction is, because spring was different. And I think that 
Zach Peterson is someone that had a good perspective on this um, during the spring when we got the chance to talk to him. And he mentioned that, you know, throughout the spring, sometimes guys will pick up nicks and bruises, you know, little niggles and injuries will happen to where then the summer is about healing up and healing those injuries up to get back to 100%. Well, now Iowa State's leaving spring practice at nearly 100%. Matt Campbell said that they didn't have any big injuries happen during spring, and I believe one of the only people to miss most of spring, um, at least not be a full go, I should say, was Jake Remsburg. He's supposed to be back to full strength and full go for summer workouts starting in June, whenever the team gets back. And he was one that was able to participate in spring, at least according to Jeff Myers, but wasn't going to be going you know, full 100% throughout the spring. So they were focusing on fundamentals with him. Obviously, he suffered an upper body injury against Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. Um, and he missed some a good portion of the winter workouts, according to Jeff Myers. So he's really the big one in terms of injuries, you know, heading into the summer. And that's a good thing for Iowa State because, I mean, you can think back to the 2020 season, right? And, you know, Trevor Downing goes down with an injury. Tariq Milton missed a lot of time with an injury. I think Daniel Jackson was someone that could have had a bigger role as the season kind of progressed, but he also missed uh, the final eight games of the season with an injury. So you're going into summer now where everyone's full strength, right? And now you're getting to a point where those guys can now really go full go with Dave Andrews and the strength staff through summer workouts and then really be gearing up through kind of the OTA portion of summer camp and then get into fall camp where then all of a sudden it's go time and it's really start to competing um, for starting spots for, you know, playing time and really trying to hit the ground running because Iowa State's going to be a top 10, you know, borderline top five team if the preseason rankings are any indication. Um, or the spring rankings or any indication that they'll be kind of in that range to start the year. So you're going to need to hit the ground running, especially with that Cyhawk game as the second game of the season. So I think that's one of the big things I'll be really interested to kind of get some feedback on early on in the offseason is just kind of how those guys are feeling entering kind of this lead up to a really highly anticipated season. And I think that maybe goes with also the second thing I wanted to talk about, which was, you know, the impact that Dave Andrews has had on the program as a whole. And this is something I'll, I'll write about at some point over the summer, but I, I think that his overall impact can't be understated. If you want to look at maybe overall turning points of the Iowa State program under Matt Campbell, obviously you can look at Brock Purdy starting against Oklahoma State as one of them. Um, but I think a really big one is the hiring of Dave, Dave Andrews because he helped Iowa State through the COVID-19 pandemic a year ago was able to get, you know, different guys workouts because different guys had, um, you know, opportunities to work out at gyms and others were in spots of the countries where gyms weren't open and they had to do at home workouts. And Dave Andrews did a really good job of getting the right workouts to guys in order to keep them at full strength. And heading into this offseason now, you know, I'm really fascinated to see what maybe some of the weights look like, you know, when the roster gets updated because it didn't get updated this spring like it did a season ago um, but we should get it updated here at some point and when that happens be very interested to see what the overall weight gain or weight loss looks like with some of the guys in the program because not everyone's going to go put on 15 pounds right you know some guys are going to be shedding some body fat and they're going to be leaning down and maybe they lose five pounds but 
you know, they are shedding off some body fat. So we'll be really interested to see what some of those guys and their weights look like when they get back for summer workouts, because you look what happened last season and Sean Foster, I think said it had a really good quote late on in the year. I think it was maybe after the Kansas state game when he said that he was ready to go play multiple more quarters. And even though Iowa state ran the ball a ton against Kansas state, um, really dominated that game. And even then, he was ready to keep going and keep playing. And late on to the football season, those guys were still able to com- be competing at 100%. Um, and I think that's a really big thing that I think maybe didn't get enough pub in terms of just maybe big picture stuff. It's just the overall impact Dave Andrews did have last year. Even though it was a different offseason, he really, throughout the course of the season, played a big part in helping Iowa State really kind of enter game days, being able to go 100% and not have kind of those niggling injuries, um, guys being banged up. You know, obviously that's going to happen. Football is a very physical sport, but um, overall it did not sound like there were a ton of guys that were consistently dealing with injuries week in and week out through over the course of the season. So I think a lot of credit goes to Dave Andrews there. And I also think that Rachel Voet um, is someone that deserves a lot of credit to the nutritionist that Iowa State hired ahead of last season. She's done a lot of work kind of working with a lot of the players on the nutritional aspect of things. And I think that that plays into a lot of the recovery as well. Um, Brees Hall talked about kind of making sure that nutrition is right for him after a game. And that's what's really big for him in terms of recovering and feeling good when Monday and Tuesday come around the next week is making sure you're eating the right things after a game. Make sure you're hydrating. Make sure you're doing all those things. And those are the kind of different things that Rachel Voet really has preached to them. And so with another kind of off-season for her to get kind of the nutrition plans in for these guys and getting them working with Dave Andrews, it's just going to be really kind of interesting to see and exciting to see, I think, too, kind of how the body composition of these guys changes. You can also talk about Charlie Kohler, someone else that I think really benefited from having a full off-season with Dave Andrews. You know, he was banged up throughout last off-season. He had the sports hernia surgery missed a portion of fall camp, you know, wasn't full go to start the season, missed the game against Louisiana. But then this spring, you know, Taylor Mauser, the tight ends coach said that he was kind of noticing different muscles pop up on Kohler's body. And I think he had a a good line that, you know, he felt a little embarrassed to stand next to Kohler now that he's been a lot more dense and looks a lot more muscular. So I think that for a lot of these guys, their body composition going into this season will be something that I'm really interested to see and how that helps them throughout the course of the season, whether it's being a step faster at the line of scrimmage or if it's, you know, not getting banged up throughout the course of the year as well. And I think speaking of kind of the impact Dave Andrews has had, I think another person that I wanted to hit on in terms of one of maybe the big picture storylines for the offseason is going to be Will McDonald. I think that he's someone that if we're talking about when that roster comes out, the first name I'm going to go to is Will McDonald because that was kind of the buzz this offseason was that he wants to put on weight and wants to get up to 240, 245, put on 15 pounds is what he had said to get from, he was listed as 6'4", 230 during the 2020 season. And his goal now is to get up to that 245 defensive line coach, Eli Rashid even said, possibly getting up to 250. And if you're talking about Will McDonald, I mean, getting him up to kind of that 245, 250 mark is a big deal. Um, He has to battle a fast metabolism, which a lot of these kind of football players and high-level athletes have a fast metabolism. I'm very jealous of that, but I think that for him, you know, if he's able to hold that weight throughout the season, he could be a total beast in addition to what he did last year. 
because you think about it for Will McDonald, he led the FBS in sacks. He had 10 and a half sacks last year, didn't start a game. And in terms of his snap count, played less than 50% of Iowa State's snaps on defense. So he was a total game record last year at 6'4", 230. Now, what will he be like this year as a 6'4", 245, 250-pound defensive end? You know, that's a game record right there. That's someone that can be a what Jaquan Bailey was for Iowa State last year, where he was kind of maybe an unsung hero to some degree with the amount of double teams he had to take on, the amount of responsibility he had on his shoulders. And Iowa State needs that from Will McDonald this year on defense. Because obviously, you know, Enyu is back. He'll be on the other side of the defensive line at the other defensive end spot. But Will McDonald's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to be that guy, to be able to take on double teams, to take chip blocks from tight ends. Because, you know, offensive coordinators are not going to let Will McDonald, you know, wreck their game plan week in and week out. They're going to make him one of the first priorities to stop. You know, obviously Mike Rose is a big piece, Greg Eisworth, Aishim Young. Those are big pieces on defense, but the defensive line is really where it starts for Iowa State because it allows the other players to do their jobs, right? And if Iowa State's getting a pass rush and the quarterback has three seconds to throw instead of five, that's a big deal. And I think that that would help, you know, the corners cover better. It'll help the safeties get in their zones better and help the linebackers fit stuff better. So I think overall, Will McDonald's going to be a really key piece for Iowa State, and if he's able to get up to that weight and keep it, you know, you're looking at someone that in terms of the NFL potential and NFL future, um, he could play himself into a first round pick, I believe, because you look at the measurables that he has. Um, we don't know how long Will McDonald's arms are, but he appears to have the length. Of course, do not know about the explosiveness either, but just from my eyes view and my perspective, he is someone that is very explosive at the line of scrimmage. Um, and so if he is able to put on the weight, have a dominant season, and then go to the NFL Combine and test well, I mean, there's no reason that he can't play his way into being one of those first round, you know, maybe even second round picks because he is that good and he is that dominant. And if you're talking about someone that is up to that 245, 250 pound mark, that's someone that has the size of an NFL defensive end. So just Will McDonald, I'm real excited to watch him this fall with the added weight, see what he's able to do, because he's someone that if he's able to do what he did last year at that weight, I mean, this is someone that you talk about a, a first round drought for Iowa State being over 40 years long. You know, you've got a good opportunity there with Brees Hall. You've got a really good opportunity for Brock Purdy to maybe play his way into being a first round pick. But also Will McDonald, I think he may be a little, a little slept on and rightfully so, though because he hasn't started a game at the college level. He hasn't played snap in and snap out over the course of a season. So I think if everything goes to plan from Will McDonald's perspective, I think that he could be a first-round type of guy. But of course, a lot of things need to go right for that to happen. And speaking of maybe other things that would need to go right for Iowa State, I'm really interested to see how Iowa State approaches that free safety spot this offseason with Jaquan Amos coming in, the Villanova graduate transfer. Um, he will be on campus, expected to be on campus. Um, I think he had a, a good tweet at some point this spring where I think Big 12 programs were showing interest in him and wanted him to maybe rethink his commitment to Iowa State. But he said he was locked in, and it sounds like he will be on campus this summer. And I think that's a big deal for Iowa State, being able to add a graduate transfer like him. Because you lost a lot of experience in Lawrence White. You know, Lawrence White played the fifth most snaps of anyone on defense and was one of the leaders in that defensive backfield. 
So getting to replace him with another experienced guy who's versatile, who can play the free safety spot, but could even honestly maybe slide over to corner if someone's having a bad game, if injuries happen. You know, he's a versatile piece for Iowa State. So it'll be really interesting to see how he integrates this offseason and what maybe some of the players and coaches have to say about his abilities kind of going into fall camp. Because uh, I think that he fits really well for that free safety spot. He's versatile. He's got the mobility. Um, he had a really high tackling grade. You know, you look at the PFF numbers, um, and they had him highly ranked as a, a tackler and had him a good tackling grade. So that's really important there as well. And he clearly has the ball skills. Um, he had multiple interceptions, multiple pick sixes while at Villanova. So just someone with the overall game that can help kind of plug that loss that Iowa State had when it you know lost Lawrence White to the professional ranks. So I think that that's another name that I'm real interested to watch this offseason, just how he adapts, what Matt Campbell has to say about him. Um, because even though Matt Campbell can, be, can go into some coach speak at times, I do think he can be pretty straightforward about some guys at different times. So be interested to see what maybe the messaging is on Jaquan Amos kind of throughout the summer and into fall camp. And finally, I think the last thing I'm looking forward to and looking for this offseason is the recruiting aspect of things. Obviously, Iowa State had its best season in program history a year ago, and they're trying to kind of carry that momentum into this 2022 class. And this is something I wrote about for our VIP subscribers last week was there is a pathway for Iowa State to have its best class in program history. Um, they haven't had a class ranked over or in the top 40 since, I believe, 2002. And when they were in the top 40 then, they were number 38. And I think there's a pathway here for Iowa State to get into that top 40 and possibly even the top 35, depending on how things shake out. But you're really looking at those first two weekends of June being the big visit weekends for Iowa State. They've got over 25 of their top recruits and top prospects that they're looking at. They'll be on campus um, during those first two weekends of June. You look at that first weekend of June, June 4th through 6th, that's when the four commits that Iowa State has. They'll be on campus with kind of the, the top targets, if you will. I know Ja'Cory Thomas, a four-star defensive back out of Florida. He's someone that will be there. You look at someone like Greg Gaines, a four-star wide receiver out of Florida. And then you look at maybe that second weekend, you've got Gabe Burkle, an in-state tight end that Iowa State really likes. You've got Kieran Adams, a wide receiver target for Iowa State out of Arizona. And then I think the big one on that second weekend is Mario Eugenio, a four-star defensive end out of Florida. Um, he's someone that I think Iowa State's in a, a good spot with. I think it will take a lot more work to get that over the line. But there's a big opportunity here for Iowa State to really hit the ground running when visits open up in June. And it'll be really fascinating to see how they kind of are able to parlay that season that we just saw into some recruiting wins. Because I think there's an opportunity for Iowa State to have a really, really good class. And of course, with the dead period ending, it means Iowa State can also have some camps uh, the coaching staff currently has some camps set up for June 1st and June 2nd, and then also on June 8th and June 9th. There will be some in-state prospects with Iowa State offers, some in-state guys that are looking to earn Iowa State offers, and of course, a lot of guys from the surrounding radius that will be looking to come up to Ames and make a name for themselves during camps as well. But that'll do it for today's episode of the Cyclone Scoop podcast. Thank you as always for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes and please subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts as well. But thank you again for listening and we will talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.